Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your hosts, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and today we talk about Crowfall. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Chris Crabtree. Chris, how are you doing today, man? I am legendary. Legendary. I like it. <laughs> did you ever did you ever watch How I Met My Mother? I've seen no, a few episodes. It's not How I Met My Mother. <laughs> that <was laughs> when you were born. <laughs> how I Met Your Mother. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I knew there was a show like that. Yeah. To be completely honest, after I went with How I Met Your Mother, we're just going to end that joke there. Because <laughs> whatever I say now is derailed by the fact that I got the show name wrong. Someone's meeting a... mothers. I don't know who. Yeah, or... but it's never... there's the, the story of how you met your own mother <laughs> came across the board, basically. I mean, you know, maybe birth versus C-section, maybe you're adopted. So I guess there's some variant in there. But... Yeah. I don't think there's a sitcom about it. <laughs> Unless maybe there's like an, a, that there might be like in a reality show. That's like a, that would still sitcom wouldn't be though. I was going to say where there's like, you know, like an adopted story or person story or something. And then that might be compelling, but again, not sitcom material, I think. Right. Right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, I said in the intro, we were going to talk about Crowfall so far, not the case. <laughs> So uh, a few weeks ago, we celebrated what I will refer to, you are the mother of your own new computer. Mm, uh, hey. That's how it met you, is that when you opened a FedEx box. That's right. Anyway, you got a new computer a few weeks ago. We were very excited. I also decided to pull the trigger and uh, also bought a new computer. So, yes. Yeah. I'm so happy for you. I am too. I am too. That's pretty great. I So you and I had different experiences with our potatoes, that being our old computers that we were trying to play Crowfall on. Yeah. You had like low, low, I don't even know what to call it, detail in the world. Like I remember you saying you didn't realize there was like moving grass and stuff whenever, until you got the new PC, right? Yeah. I was definitely playing on the lowest uh, settings. I was having trouble drawing in things on occasion. So that's what, so I didn't have the settings turned all that low, but when we did a fight, I don't know, there was some keep siege fight a few weeks ago and I was like, I'm going to be in stealth and I'm going to scout out here and it's going to be great. And then there was another guy also in stealth scouting kind of close to me and he reported that there was 50 people right in front of us. And I was like, I don't see that. <laughs> And uh, yeah, he was right and I was wrong. So it turns out my computer just didn't draw any of them in in any capacity. So I had no idea. I was like, well, this makes it very challenging to be a scout. Yeah, know? definitely can't scout. No, no, or fight or participate <laughs> other than moral support, which I am usually good at. But anyway, yeah. So last night was able to participate in a big keep siege with the new PC and it worked flawlessly. Everything was drawn. I didn't have hitching. I was able to, I mean, there was significant amounts of people fighting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I was able to play the whole time without issue. That's awesome. I mean, that was a big siege too. I'm thinking like 
I don't know, maybe 70, 80 on, on the other side sieging us? As we we got hit from two sides at, at the same time. Right. Well, so, okay, so you and I, I don't know how much we've discussed it on the air versus off because we talk both ways, but we've talked before about how, you know, I mean, we talk about our own experiences. So well, to some extent, we're revealing what's happening. We try pretty hard not to use names or, or guild names or anything like that, typically. So uh, anyway, the, the direction I'm going to go now, if you don't if you don't feel politically it's savvy to reveal something, you can just say no or whatever. I don't <laughs> At this point, I, I think it's it's fine. It was just in the beginning when the campaign was starting out, there was more pieces moving. I think now things have pretty much got into where they're going to be. I yeah. mean, we're only looking at, what, a week left or Not a weekend? Even. Yeah. yeah, basically through the next weekend. So so I was going to ask, so the guilds that sieged us last night, is, th- is this part of an ongoing conflict with them? Or are we fighting them otherwise? I'm kind of curious as to how that's unfolding. And I don't know how much insight you have into that, I guess. But, you know, obviously the keeps are seized within a window. Is uh-huh. there is there feuding leading up to that? Or maybe you've never even seen these guys and then one day they just show up because the window happened and here we are. No, um, not necessarily feuding. One of the guilds that was hitting us from one of the sides uh, was Conflict. And... We had fought with them a few times. They actually reached out to us a few weeks ago and were wanting to make a deal because they had lost a keep and they were offering us basically keep protection that they would take a keep and they would not attack our keep if we didn't attack the keep that they were going to recapture. I guess they had one and had lost it and... We're going to try and retake it. They didn't have very much luck in recapturing a keep and holding it for very long. So that deal wasn't necessarily something that that played out. But with us being a smaller guild or alliance of smaller guilds, it's, I think, easier for folks to target us instead of opening up the we're going to siege winter blades or legion of death or something like that so i guess since they wanted to not only capitalize on the new point objectives this season it's uh winter and one of the point objectives is to knock down keep walls Mm. get points so i think that's that was their main objective. I don't think they were aware that Running Dawn and Alkalites were going to show up on the other side, which was pretty interesting. <laughs> Running Dawn and Alkalite didn't know that conflict was going to be there. I actually talk with Running Dawn and Alkalites on occasion, and after the fight, they were asking me who the other guild was on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> Huh. Well, fair enough. I'll go ahead. But yeah, the the night before the siege, actually, I won my my first one v one fight. 
Oh. Yeah, it, and it was actually against a, a conflict guy. And mm. we talked a little bit afterwards, all all friendly, friendly competition, which I'm actually really optimistic about. I mean, I know that we've kind of lost some population uh, since the game release. And, of course, with new MMOs coming out, like New World and such, people are trying that. But of the folks that are, are still playing Crowfall, there seems to be a lot less tox- toxicity. And mm. even though we're fighting each other, it seems like that afterwards, there's still, you know, that friendly banter or talking to be had. I think everyone understands that we don't need people to quit the game, but whatever needs to happen to facilitate that in-game content of PvP, getting to know each other and everything. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that a little bit last week, kind of, you know, some of the challenges the game faces in bringing in new players. Uh, they've, you know, I'm kind of skipping around here, but you know, welcome to the show, I guess. Yeah. They, they've got the patch notes for 7.2, which is the next major update, and that's on test server currently but anyway you can read the patch notes and and in that they they talk about revamping the new player experience and it it streams streamlines it even more so that there's different archetypes you can pick from and it strips out some of the quests so that they're not considered main quests anymore they're side quests and whatever it attempts to make it even faster to be level 30 or, you know, 25, whatever, mm-hmm. I guess 30. And I don't, I mean, I, I think that those are probably good changes because the new player experience was kind of silly. <laughs> like it's very <laughs> weird. You run around and do, I don't think the quest should have been extended anymore. Like I don't, you know, when it's go collect three things, I don't think it's better if they had you collect 10 things instead. Yeah. But it does feel very fast and like, it's almost like, would this have been better as just like a text-based tutorial that I just read through? You know, I don't know. But anyway, I, I, so I don't think the changes that they're making really solve the problem of how do you get more people involved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think you're right that new MMOs coming out always are a challenge for existing MMOs. I think that New World also, in particular at least has some of the same stated goals, right? Which is like craft and gather stuff in order to ultimately do PVP in some capacity. And I think the games are very different. But in some way, it, it's it's not... New World is, is probably closer to what Crowfall is than what WoW is, right? Or I guess WoW is no longer the king. Final Fantasy fourteen mm-hmm. is now that. Yeah. So I, I think that, and I think New World's a very pretty game. So I think that people are going to jump to it. Amazon's a brand new studio as far as for making games. The last game they made was out for like a month and then it just went away. They actually took it off the stores. And, oh, really? And it, was, and it was not, and it was actually, yeah, it was like a free-to-play. <laughs> free-to-play. Yeah. It was like a, like a Battle Royale type thing okay i don't i don't know if it was maybe it was maybe less battle royale maybe more like overwatchy 
type gameplay, like class-based, I think is actually what it was, like class-based shooter. Okay. Either way, did not... I mean, it looked pretty. Like It wasn't it was a <laughs> well-made as far as the production values, but it wasn't very fun, and the rest of the world thought so, too. Yeah, yeah. Turns out looking pretty only gets you so far. It is interesting, and I'm, I'm, you know, I hope Crowfall does not share this fate, and we'll, you know, time will tell, but it is kind of crazy when a game just actually just fails. Like, yeah. Artifact, that card game from Valve that was supposed to be, you know, competitor to Overwatch, mm-hmm. or not Overwatch, Hearthstone, that was gone almost instantly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it lasted a couple of months, and then they took it back to beta to redevelop it and then they just scrap that and it's all just over now for that yeah that's that's really interesting i mean i guess there there is a line between profitability and you know how much money is available to keep things running and a player base i mean positive and negative has a big impact i mean if you most of your player base is down on on it then it, it would make it really hard to market that and expand on it if anyone trying it is being exposed to this negative player base that's already there. I think Crowfall has a pretty positive player base, at least with the people that I've interacted with. A lot of the folks that I've interacted with that maybe were not so up on it have since moved on. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the total population is. I don't either. And the thing to also remember, you know, when, I mean, at this point in time, it's really hard to actually know MMO populations. Mm-hmm. There are third party tools and things that supposedly track it, but it's always kind of shaky if that's real or not. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure it fluctuates from day to day, weekend to weekday. Well, sure. You could look at month over month, though, or something like that. Yeah. But still, it's. I think that it's hard for an out for an outsider to know unless the company just says, and the company doesn't say if it's not a good number usually, right? <laughs> right. Well, so the reason I say that though is that I think the numbers that people get familiar with are, are the numbers that were reported at the height the height of WoW's popularity, which is like twelve million, right? Mm, yeah. Twelve million players. I remember when WoW had a million players, and that was on the box because that was a you, a milestone, right? To be at a million players. Yeah. I remember, well, I remember Dark Age actually used to show you server populations just on their home website. Anytime you could just see <laughs> exactly how many players were on each server. That's true. That's true. That was, uh, it was nice at first, and then it was really disappointing to see that number continue to go down. Which is why I think developers don't share it, right? Because... yeah. It's kind of like if you hang out in a Discord and if one person will join the Discord, then other people will start to join to hang out. But if no one's in it, it's hard for someone to be the first person, right? Like people don't just want to go sit in it by themselves because what's the point? But (laughs) then no one ever joins it. But if someone goes and hangs out, now other people will come. Mm -hmm. And my point is being if you see that, oh, well, there's only 100 people playing. Why would I play? There's not enough people. Yeah then that just causes even less people to play, right? Right, right. The whole point I was going to get to, though, is that 12 million or a million is not the minimum threshold for the game to feel alive and thriving. I don't know what that number is, but with it being a combined server now, 
for the whole world, basically. Uh-huh. I would assume that it's somewhere well south of a hundred thousand. You know, I don't know if it's ten thousand. I don't know if it's thirty. Yeah. I don't know what the number is. But so it, this game also doesn't have to be the next, the next biggest MMO that ever came out in order for it to a survive and b offer a fun experience to the player base. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, in our keep siege the other night, I mean we were dealing with what maybe. 150 and and it was pretty lively there's a lot going on right we were running all over the place and i i think that the world and the dregs has been a nice balance for me when i've been playing i mean the sieging times even when we run around and do forts or outposts i mean we've gotten into several nice good sized fights um but there have also been times when I've been able to run around and harvest materials without really too much contention. And and I like to do that. I like to just zone out and farm my minerals or chop the trees or whatever. I don't necessarily want to have to fight someone every time, but you're still in that world and there's still that persistent danger that it could happen. So mm-hmm. it, it adds to that. I mean, I really haven't felt that type of pressure or intensity since playing on a pvp server like in in wow or something like that you know it's like well at any point i might be ganked right right so definitely add something to it yeah yeah i think i think the game still has a still has a good chance to to come back out of it and there are there are stories of games some mmos and some not but the actually do manage to grow a player base over time. The MMO that comes to mind for me is this game called The Division, which is a third-person shooter that's kind of modern era. Anyway, it was reviewed terribly when it launched, and the developer just kept after it. Mm-hmm. And now that, you know, they were published by Ubisoft, so a little bit, it's a Tom Clancy title, you know, branded title at least. So there's probably a bit more money behind it too, but either way, they continued to plug away and make it better. And eventually the player base started growing over time and they went on to release the division two. Now, neither of those games ever reached the heights of wow or something like that, but again, they didn't have to, and neither does Crowfall. So I think that, you know, it was off to a rocky start with a, just some of the some of the, the challenges the game has, and B, the fact that they didn't market it, which is probably for the best, <laughs> honestly, still. Yeah. Um, but now they've got to come back out of that, and they've made some good changes with the, the Mega Campaign, I think, is the biggest change that they've made that's huge, hugely beneficial. And then these little tweaks, like the new player experience, I don't think that solves the problem of how do you attract new players, but it helps. And and yeah, they've, they're, you know, they're doing another update, 7.2 that I mentioned, and there's a lot of fixes and changes in that that I think are, are going to be welcome and, and beneficial. So they, they talk a lot in that. Well, I, I don't think it's in 7.2. They have also just a design documents you can go look at. It's a section in the forum where they just kind of talk about the things they're working on. So like the handshake, like the sieges, mm-hmm. that was all laid out in one of those design documents. Right. Well, they have one now that's kind of looking forward to, I think, 7.3, and it's all about 
trying to look at ways to create more experiences for smaller groups of players. Because while the ultimate end game of Crowfall is the 100 versus 100 sieges of castles and stuff, right? Yeah. Even if everyone's all on board with that and loves it, due to the nature of the way it works, I mean, you know, there's siege windows. Basically, the point is, is that no one is logging in and just doing that only. And you couldn't. It wouldn't be sustained if you didn't take someone take time to farm and get resources to make more stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, the end game part of it, that's that's like the hardest thing to get right. And I think them focusing on that and getting that to a point where there is that nice balance of being able to find the fights, not feeling completely overwhelmed, but having that competition. And also... The crafting system has a huge amount of depth. I don't know how much crafting have you have done, but I mean, all the materials have different abilities when crafted into certain items. So there's a lot of customization to be done, experimentation to you know try and get the best best crafting uh, materials, items. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think all that's true. I think that the game continues to struggle with just a, a general opaqueness around the way everything works. It's just, I don't know, it's just not super easy to understand how everything works all of the time. So while you're right, the crafting system is super deep, but there's also not a, not a way for a new player to easily understand what could be possible, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of have to just stumble into it, and you maybe you happen to look up the Winter Blades <laughs> chart that they have that shows all the different crafting recipes and what materials produce what outcomes. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, so yeah, I, I do think the crafting system is deep though, and I do think that's cool. I, I, you know, and it gets into a conversation though where it's not just, and maybe this was always true, but it's certainly true now, and is I think is recognized by most. It's probably somewhat obvious even, but Crowfall is not just competing with other MMOs and it's not just competing with other video games. Yeah. It's just competing for your attention. Yeah. And so while the end game can be awesome and you're right, if they don't have the end game, right, then what's it for and why is anyone playing and and it, it will fail certainly. And I do think that they have the end game, whatever, they have a good end game in place. Uh-huh. The keep sieges are fun. The castle fight we did last night was fun. It was cool. I mean, the wall got broken down. The wall, the hole in the wall got charged. That hole got got filled. They pushed through that into the courtyard. People rallied in the courtyard and pushed them back out of the hole in the wall. Like it was a legit keep fight that was felt, you know, uh, reminiscent of Dark Age or something, <laughs> right? Like it was, yeah. it was cool. And the whole time we're like, oh no, oh no, what's going on? <laughs> right so i i agree with that i i guess that the the point i'm trying to get to though is that like you, you're not gonna you can't spend all of your time doing that and so while that reward is awesome how do they keep people's attention the rest of the time and that's gonna have to be smaller scale activities which they recognize they're like even the 100 versus 100 fights are going great they said they said in their little design document but most of our players participate in smaller groups most of the time 
Yeah. Yeah. Cause again, I mean like our, our guild, like we're defending this keep, you know, a couple of nights a week, whenever that siege window comes up, but you're not logging in every night and going and attacking other keeps all throughout the night or something. And again, it wouldn't be sustainable for very long. Anyway. I mean, it, the siege is expensive cost materials. You got to be able to fund all that mm-hmm. to, to be able to do that leads more towards a, a mega guild setup. So if you have a smaller guild or group of smaller guilds working together, it's um, less yep. sustainable. Yeah. Yep. And well, and they're promoting the smaller guild thing again by, you know, in, in 7.2, they're increasing the alliance size to 15. Yeah, yeah. But it still has the membership limit of 500 right. members, right. right? So it still prevents it from being this gargantuan thing that's just everyone in the game is on the same team. But also, if you've got 15 guilds that have 10 players or 20 players in each one, they could all ally and still be under the 500 player limit and now they've actually got a big collective though right so exactly that's pretty cool yeah i mean i i've been really really proud of our guys and our alliance just seeing them evolve into like a more i would say elite team mm. like early on it was everyone can join let's see what we got and of course people have moved on and so what we have left are the the most dedicated that enjoy the game and have been specializing more. And so we see like this development of, of more elite squads. And if you had 15 guilds of, like you said, 20 people that were min-maxed in disciplines and complemented each other really well, that would be that would be really a really formidable force. Might yeah. be able to take on a mega guild at that point. Well, I think, and yeah, I mean, on the one hand, it's like, well, there's going to be organizational challenges because you've got 15 different guilds. But at the same time, really, what you have is you have 15 different like lieutenants or field sergeants, right? They're yeah, really closely connected to their little pack, and so each little cell of the of, of these guilds feels connected and important. Whereas I think I know in my own experience, not in this game, because I've always been in, in our guild, but in other games, I have joined mega guilds and it's easy to slip into a place where you don't really feel like you matter, right? Like you're yeah. just kind of a number and the leadership feels really far away from you and all the decision-making feels far away. And, and not that it can't be fun that way or that that's the experience of everyone in a mega guild, but just that, I guess the point my the point I'm trying to get to is that while there could be challenges with having 15 guilds trying to organize, I think you also run into challenges with the mega guild potentially as well because you're still trying to to have a huge amount of people be engaged. Yeah. And yeah. the fewer leaders you have, the harder that becomes to some extent. So, yeah. And it again, it, it's it's just cool for there to be multiple ways to play like we talked about last week. Yeah. I mean, some some folks work well in the mega guild setup and and that's great if that's fun for them i'm not down on on mega guilds at all i just like for there to be a way for smaller groups to be able to compete as well because that's that's where i prefer to play with most of the time yeah yep yep absolutely 
But yeah, so new PC, super excited about that. Had fun in the Keep Siege, excited to see. I mean, this drag will come to an end soon, and uh, I'm excited to see what the next one's going to look like and what changes all are there. I thought about reviewing all, you know, not all, but reviewing the patch notes for 7.2 now, uh-huh. but I think instead it'll make more sense to wait until they're they're live just because things could change and test, right? True, true. But if anyone is interested, you can go to the test server and play in the 7.2 changes. And then I don't remember what the requirement is, but if you play enough, you get some special reward for participating in tests. So definitely, definitely an option there to check it out as well. Anything else you wanted to discuss on today's episode? Let's farm those disciplines. All right. Well, that's all for the show today. Follow us on Twitter and Minds at Crowfall Pod. You can also check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests, or my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by me and Brett Lindley and is all about why gaming matters. Thanks again for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up.